up, hands up. We're definitely late this week. <laughs> we got a bit distracted. By one minute. Yeah, I know, we were talking about stuff. So, apologies. Good evening, November Foxtrot. Welcome, welcome. We're obviously joined Hello. by Silly Gilly this week. AKA Very silly. Ed. <laughs> oh, funnily enough, Poppy learned uh, Silly Daddy this week. So everything I do that makes her laugh, she goes, Silly Daddy. Um, about time. Which is exciting. Long overdue, that uh, comment, I think. <laughs> So good evening, Ed. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Royalty in the building. Hi, Harry. Hi, Kenny. Kieran, Stephen, Daz, Ashley, Matthew, Stephen, Ian Harding. Hey, guys. Nice to see you. NAF, Mike. And you. And you. Uh, William. Evening, boys. There's a few new faces and names. So hello. Evening, evening, evening. Good evening. We're going to be doing a mix of stuff tonight. So it's going to be a jam-packed show. Um... So I hope you all brought crumpets, if you're British. If you're American, it'd be a jelly pack show. Uh, scones, man. About... Scones. Oh, scones, not scones. scones. Crumpets. Jam on crumpets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, jam yeah. on really? crumpets. My wife agrees with you, jam on crumpets. Yeah. I'm in the dining room, by the way, this evening, because it is bastard hot in the loft. So I've uh, <laughs> taken over the dining room, which has gone down in an absolute storm. <laughs> Ed, Ed jumped well, yes. in the shower just before the episode, he was telling me. Yeah, I w- <laughs> Should have come live from there, Ed. It's best. It's the best way to cool down. It really is. I've had three <laughs> showers today. Lovely. <laughs> Fresh as a. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Fresh we'll as an there. airsoft. Um... <laughs> Fresh as an airsoft sniper could be without doing airsoft. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're going to be talking about the National Airsoft Festival, which Ed and I were both in attendance of. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about the um, Empire events, Empire Rising 2, which will be coming up in October. And then we're going to be doing a bit of general Q&A if we've got some time at the end of the show. So if you've got any questions for Ed at any point, please feel free to throw them in the chat. Put a little queue at the beginning. just helps us find them as they pop up. Um, similarly, if you've got any questions about anything else throughout the show, please do the same and we will try and get to them. Lance wasn't able to make NAE. Uh, unfortunately, so he's going to be kind of doing a bit of an interview-esque bit with the National Airsoft bit. Apparently. Should we start off by doing the news? Is he going to interview us? He's going to interview I'm going to interview you about a weekend away that you two had together that I wasn't at. That wasn't our fault. Yes, there we go. That's what we're going to do. Lance, you said my mic. Mike, is your mic on? Cheers, Stephen. No, you're as in your mic, Mike, using like the big boy mic. Ah, uh, I will double check. I believe it is. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll work that one yeah, out. that's all yeah, now. Cool. That's better. Good, good. <laughs> right uh, ever professional. Let's roll into the news. News. So purchases this week. Who's got what? Any exciting I'm trying to make a background. I haven't got no background this week. I've got no green yeah. screen. Um, yeah, I've got a copy of Soldier magazine. No, it's actually with my pamphlet or my um, program from Military Odyssey. Got another copy uh. of Soldier. Shut up, Mike. Ed, as your guest, would you like to uh, um, disclose any purchases this week? Uh, not this Bloody week, fun. but two weeks ago. Uh, I, I don't change my kit often. Like I, I've literally had the same. Riff, I think the comic we can't say it on the stream. Riff for the last six years, Ruff, Ruff. but uh, my new chest rig has come, so 
You probably better take that out. <laughs> Whoops! Yeah. It's not a riff. It's it's something else. We can't show it. Wibble. <laughs> so it's all crafted up. So it's not. It's probably not going to be easy to see what it is. But it's a, a direct action uh, tempest rig, and they uh, are really good. They're the same company or parent company of Helicontex, who you probably have heard of um based in poland and yeah they made this it's like a split chest rig and yeah i haven't i've had the same chest rig i think three years and i loved it but i tried someone else's chest rig on and i realized mine was slightly digging in at the back and i just wanted to get something new so yeah so it's, it zips in the middle yeah so it's i mean it could zip anyway i don't really care about that feature but that's the bit people notice so it has a zip just there. So would we class it as a chest rig or an assault vest? Mm. I don't know. I could mm. put it. I don't know. I think it's very minimal. It's literally just like two molly panels. Uh, sorry, mm. two yeah, molly panels and then M4 pouches there. Which I okay. I can put pistol inserts into the uh, M4 pouches to make it compatible. So yeah, that's nice. my Nicely purchase. Just. Nicely done. What about you, Mike? Um, so I've got a couple of purchases, but my main bit of news is obviously people may realise that Andy's not here yes. this week. So um, big shout out to Andy. For those that... I'm not going to go into the, the, the implicit details, but for those that may or may not be aware, Andy's been in a road crash. He is okay. Um, he is very badly beaten up. This is not This is not like, a, oh, he's had a bit of an accident. This is... Potentially, we nearly lost Andy. Um, so it's quite quite serious. So um, absolute massive love out to Andy. I know he's listening on the show because he's commenting already. He said he got a bed bar. Can't be that poorly so. then if he's commenting. There you go. No, I know. He's, he's still got access to his fingers. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> Big shout out to Andy. Um, so we hope you get better soon, bud. And um, yeah. Very high on drugs. Oh, that sounds like a wicked time. Love you, mate. Yeah. Get well soon. Yeah. Big kiss. He sent us a picture this morning with his nipple out, which we both thoroughly enjoyed. So yeah, before but yeah, before we got to the seriousness, I wanted to point that out straight away in our WhatsApp chat. I was like, "Your nipples out," and let's get back to being serious again. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, we wish him well, and um, yeah, props, reminds props me of him, the cake, but... the cake episode, the cake episode. Ah, yes. Oh yeah. Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> Boobs. I think that was just after you had had the UK ladies on as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're nothing but consistent. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> In Perth, walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> All the love coming in from for Andy Bob. I mean, Andy, uh, Andy, let us know in the chat if you wouldn't mind, just if you're happy for me to tell everyone what's happened to you. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to start disclosing stuff about Andy because obviously or, it's not my place to do. If so. you die, Andy, right can out. I have your? Can I have your nods? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Oh, <laughs> did not think of that. I, I want his Fair play, John. Mm. <laughs> Fair play, mate. Uh, Stephen Whitehead. Uh, woo! Well woo. done, Andy. You got a push button dispenser, or do you have to ask? And he says push button, which I'm trying to break. So excellent. Okay. Yeah. Is this the push button um, that dispenses morphine? Oh yeah! Wow. Hi, Richard. Welcome. Um, 
Oh, yeah, he posted. Oh, yeah, Andy said he, oh, we can talk about it. So basically, Andy ended up with um, three broken ribs, uh, a punctured lung, spinal fracture, whiplash, and concussion. Mm. And then he then ended the message on the basis of they also cut off my DEA t shirt. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he's the most upset about there. Um, yeah, what? Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder if they treat you as a DEA agent, hence why you've been like upgraded to like your own private room, given morphine on tap. It's like, we've got a DEA guy in. We've got to make sure the Yanks will be well pissed off if he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Harry says, Andy, take a knee, change your socks and drink some water. You'll be fine. Love you, buddy. Fair play. Grey Fox says, Lance sounds great. Almost ASMR with that mic set up. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. Go me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, and that's, other than other than that, like yeah, regardless <laughs> of the microphone, it's just really creepy. It's not a filter; <laughs> that is his voice. <laughs> um, so that's that's the only real news I've got. Other than that, I bought some more of these night eyes um, cam locks. So these are the sort of self tensioning um, cam lock. Uh, my plan is to use these in accordance with the. Uh, Dyneema cord I bought so that I can use um, basically I can create a tighter guy line for my basher setup Andy's just commented that's very very cool by the way I want to get a couple of them Andy's just commented I haven't no, got my own room Andy if that's the case I've got a game we could play um, I want to see how many fellow patients you can get watching the live um, between now and the end of the show and they've got a comment if they're capable, if if they're able to, if they're able-bodied enough to look up, look us up, that would be fun. <laughs> there you go, mate. You've got a, you've got a mission, mission whilst you're in hospital. Let's see if you can pull it out of the bag. Um, yeah. So anyway, I bought some of those. I also bought a a little right in the rain notepad cover, um, which was very exciting when Amazon delivered it because it turned out they didn't deliver the notepad cover. They sent me a little tote bag thing which is probably not the most clear on there oh, yeah. sorry but um, ah, I can't be upset by that so I've sent that back so hopefully they'll send me the right thing other than that that's that's it how about you Lance any exciting news or purchases yes, I see some I, what I, coffee I, sitting there in the background I got, some, I got my monthly subscription that from what coffee looks, that looks like a sponsorship deal right there I mean you just had it literally in frame <laughs> no I did it arrived early <laughs> late last week or early this week yeah I know yeah to me but um <laughs> but yeah, so I've got a huge box of um, coffee sachets to see me through the month, which is going to last me a bit longer because I only really use these out in the truck or out camping or whatnot. But yeah, uh, if you go onto What Coffee and you use the Defiant 20 code, um, courtesy from the Defiant guys, you'll get 20% off. So yes, I highly recommend this stuff. I have got the Pilgrim's Blend, which is bloody good stuff. So yes, it's essentially that, a tea bag full of guy, fresh coffee. He, it's, he's an airsofter, isn't he? Um, I believe so. Yes, yes. And he started. Well, I mean, people can be two things. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm just, I'm just interested to know. Does he just make so... coffee, or does he do airsoft too? <laughs> no, but that's the. Okay. You can't make coffee and airsoft. You have to choose one or the other. This is ridiculous. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's okay. Anyhow, so I got I coffee. I, I'm not I being heard, real. No, I didn't Ed. actually know because I'd, I'd heard ages ago something about a guy starting this coffee business, but I didn't mm. know what his name was. 
There you go. But then, yeah. Ollie Watt I think is the man the... who makes wonderful coffee. Yeah. So, yes, I do highly enjoy them. Very nice, mate. Um, There's also got, Steve uh, Tarbuck, who um, I heard set up a good company as well, selling coffee. Steve Tarbuck. <laughs> Again. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Roll Matt finally, nice. finally arrived from Preppers. I've already cut six inches off the bottom of it to use on another project. But, you yeah, know, good old British Army. It's not a sleeping mat. It's a mat sleeping. So there we go. Good old descriptive terminology from the British Army there. I've got a new set of OD Green lightweight trousers for a project. And i got my new Desert DPM smock arrive. Because my other one's too big for me now, so I've got one that fits me. Which actually came with a couple of insignia patches on. Which I looked up. So that is an old, old Welsh Guards patch. And then that is the 11th light brigade from afghanistan iraq so that was quite cool so a good friend of mine who's in the welsh guards i'm going to send him this because it's the old style of their new insignia so little gift on its way to him and i don't know anyone in the light 11th flight brigade so i won't be sending that on to anyone just keep it i think that's it oh i finished my 58 pattern belt kit as well which is there ah very nice but all good fun yeah that's pretty done the, show us the new belt show us the, the belt. new belt the new the... belt I've had this. I've had this rig for a while, but I've never really used it apart from a Vietnam event I did. But I wanted to use it for like a British 80s SAS type loadout. Uh, I don't know if you can see that very clearly. I'll do my best. Yeah. But it's nice and old. It's very odor surplus. It smells incredible. I ASMR the shit out of that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the 58 belt. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> All right, enough, enough. Um, so that's my. <laughs> I have to make it weird. <laughs> Who knew fifty-eight pattern uh, webbing could be so seductive? <laughs> um. Right. Any more news or purchases for anybody? Nope. No. No. I don't think so. Nope. Got stuff um, to arrive. I've, I've ordered stuff, but it's not here yet. Couple messages from the chat. JBG Airsoft. Hey lads, just had my patch and stickers arrived today. Thank you again. Not a problem, bud. Hope you enjoy those. Yeah, man. Um, Stephen said, just wasted 12 minutes on YouTube watching Ed sitting in a bush. Apparently, it was a very tense experience. <laughs> Why is it wasted if it's a tense experience? I don't think it's wasted. I think wasted. Too. I think... <laughs> Wrong terminology. Um, Karen says, I'll tell you what, Ed has got very good at hiding, as I didn't see him NAE. I didn't. Was I good? wasn't. I maybe wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't say that one. Um, <laughs> uh, Marky Mark says, "Ed, be careful, or you'll end up with another pink dick." I don't know what that's about. I I don't know. Ah, oh, that was the gin. <laughs> Can't remember the. That gin. was the gin. Do you remember? I mentioned gin, and Ed sent me a picture of a uh, wide-mouthed. Wanting me to pour some gin in his mouth and it turned oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> turn into a thing. <laughs> right, oh, well, no, no, that's the that end well. of the news. I don't know Ed that well, <laughs> but I'm still going to make that picture. <laughs> yeah, this is a thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about uh, National Airsoft Festival. So for those that don't know, this is a large, probably one of the largest airsoft events in the UK. That it happens. The largest in the world. International. Is it the largest in the world? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I think Border Wars possibly bigger. Oh, yeah. Um, Border Wars. Yeah, but that's not a festival I... as such, though, is it? 
That's that's Mil- no. quite a uh, Milsimy Milsim for Milsimers to Milsim yeah. on. So I'd say this is a very big festival events. type. It's definitely one event. of the largest yeah. events in the country. Um, the best way to describe it is ultimately it is like Glastonbury or a music festival, except everyone's running around in camouflage with BB guns sort of strapped yeah. to them. Um, Glastonbury for airsofters. Yeah, the the kind of <laughs> format for the event is a two day, with three day girls. event. Um, <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> I missed that. Less girls. <laughs> Yeah. Girls. There's a fair few though, isn't there? The ratio is still obviously way off, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, so the format of the festival itself is a sort of three-day event. Starts on the Friday morning um, with people arriving. It would seem very early, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, you then have sort of the Friday to peruse shops. There's there's a proper sort of festival atmosphere section um with various shops stands displays so for example frontline events were there um Tag and the team from cardex customs oh this is going to get embarrassing because i can't remember them all now there's loads of people there um lone star tactical were there um wolverine wolverine asg uh optics wear yeah <laughs> so there's lots no, Bob that's fine. Please, please do. Please do. <laughs> Whose birthday uh, was actually if... during the week? Happy birthday, Bob's Pyro Supplies. It was, it was oh, a, birthday. his birthday. Yes, he was there. So he was there. Yes. He also had something stolen from him. Um, yes, he did. He had a, 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 a infantry mortar, 38 mil mortar yeah. tube. What an arse. And actually, there was a, that was actually one something I wanted to mention in the news segment was that someone actually had some rifles stolen from one of their tents as well um, mm. at the event, which I think Andy's now circulating some pictures that have been forwarded to him through a, through a chat. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes out for them. Bastards. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate, because, I mean, that's not, I don't think, to do with the event itself, but it's just unfortunately yeah. when you no, get a large No, it's just that you will get there, cretins you, you there, won't get... you, unfortunately? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the Friday, uh, there's also um, sort of catering stalls. Um, Zero One have a, a shop there as well, which is kind of like the, I guess, the main feature. Um, then next to the beer tent, you've got... Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff there. And then, so that's the Friday night. You've obviously got the opportunity to chrono as well. There's sort of music and bits and pieces happening throughout. And then the Saturday morning, it kicks off with a safety briefing or a bit of a safety briefing, uh, then dives into the, the main uh, activity, which is ultimately the National Airsoft Festival game. So that starts off on the Saturday morning. That runs through all the way to Saturday afternoon, where they stop for the evening. Um, they used to have a night game that didn't seem to happen this year um, and then there's like again music bits and pieces like that there's a raffle which is always good fun um, that then has more of the festival vibe kicks in so there's a lot more sort of live music and sort of drinks available and bits and pieces like that then Sunday it kicks off again uh, ends the day probably sort of around half four ish um, sometimes a bit earlier, sometimes a little bit later. It depends on sort of how the, the game's going. And then everyone goes home. Or, or you can stay till the Monday if you want to. You, that's a sort of a relatively recent thing, uh, camping overnight. So, Ed, how did you find Friday in terms of your sort of getting there? Friday? And, yeah, uh, well, I thought, I, thought I, well, I wanted to get there early to try and get a big enough spot for everyone. And I thought I had left early enough. I think I got there about nine o'clock. So that means like setting off at, for me, that's setting off at 6.30. Yeah. 
um, which is even for like a milsim in the far end of the country is bloody bloody early. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, thought I was going to be there early enough, but no, there wasn't enough space. So our group was actually split into two camps. So it was all right, but um, yeah, it was fine. It was super busy in the uh, camping area, as you can imagine, but it just seemed everyone was there really early this year. I mean, I've been previous years and you can normally... So I've never been, so let me, I can ask both of you this. Um, On that, do you think it would be better for them to actually have designated camping areas for ticket purchase who's purchased tickets for the entire event so like if you're in a team of eight do you think there should be like an eight-man pitch section or it like would be a an designated... admin admin nightmare do you think be, yeah it's, it doesn't there is enough space for everyone um is it are, are, do that do they control the camping area well though or is it just like oh, there's a huge field there go and set up in it do they actually it's say basically well, that you... no, yeah so, so do you think it could have... be well better managed camping area they do have, to be fair, they do have like designated roads. So they put up like little flags, and you you obviously don't camp on those because that's where you're going to drive. Uh, but apart from that, there's not. But there is, there is space. It's just the further you go out into the field, the further you have to walk back to the safe zone. So it's not. If you want a good spot, you just have to get there early. <laughs> really so early. <laughs> this is the thing. This was my. I, I don't have a lot of bones of contention because I I love NAE. I've been going since 2015. Um, I'm just checking because I've got all the patches that you get from the events um, up on the wall there. So the um, previous years has been less busy. And I don't know if that's numbers or anything like that, but from sort of the last couple of years, it's been getting a lot busier. And I think part of the problem is that people get there early and they cordon off vast swathes of the campsite. So people will rock up and they've got like, you know, various sort of tape or um, like poles or bits and pieces that they've got a string between. So they, they turn up and they go, right, we're going to have this area. And then you get, you know, a few of those groups doing that. And then you end up getting just pushed further and further back. So this year I actually left at around half five to get down there for, I think I was arrived at about nine. The gates were meant to open, I believe about eight, eight thirty. Um, apparently loads of people had rocked up early. So they'd opened the gates early. So by the time I got there, I had to, had to camp at the back of the campsite. So that's how quickly that filled up. And I think that was my only bone yeah. of contention because I've really tried to make the effort to get there early to kind of secure, not a massive pitch, but just a bit more space. Can you go um, Thursday, Thursday evening? I'm not sure. So I spoke to one of the marshals and they said it was very quiet on the Thursday. So whether some people do or not, I'm, I'm not sure about. But I wonder if you could rock up on the Thursday and just sort of like sort of rough it for the night in the back of the motor the Friday morning. So at least you're actually on in the area code. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, might be worth it for next year, perhaps. So that's that. It's not really a, a thing. I mean, how far a walk is it from? If say say you had to set up like at the back of the it's camping area, walk. how far it's would a, the walk a, be to the? No. It's I mean, in some ways, if you've got like a group of you, is it better to set up out the back so you've got more space and you're a bit away from the crowd? And do you know what I mean? I'd sooner that than being in amongst it, or I'd sooner be like, yeah, I'm just gonna. I sort of work, walk an extra five minutes and have a bit more peace and quiet away yeah. from the cretins. It's an airsoft <laughs> kilometer, it, it's a real four hundred meters. So oh not, right, so it's <laughs> nothing then. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not very far. It's not. It's not that. Oh well, no. Oh, that's okay then. Cool. Yeah, from my perspective, so it's, it's not it so much the distance you've got to walk. It's just you want to have enough space that the people you want to go with, you can all camp together. Mm, I think mm. you know. I think that's a fair point. So. 
Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Um, the only other thing I would like to specifically talk about is the toilets. So last year's toilet situation was horrendous. Um, we've obviously talked about this on the show last year. Um, there were photos flying around with piles of toilet <laughs> coming out of the <laughs> toilet um, as if people had sort of given up with trying to go in the bowl and just sort of squatted over the top and created a bit of a mound. Um, people were having to leave site to go and use toilets at the local services and the like. Mount um, Shitterist. Yes. So hmm. from my understanding, they've changed their provider of the toilets this year. And I must say that the public toilets were a lot better. Um, however, what I would say is there seemed to be a heck of a lot more private toilets, which I, I it was very noticeable that there were a lot more private toilets. Um, now, whether I was just attuned to that or, or not, I don't know. But I was I definitely was struggling to find a public toilet where we'd camped was way back on the back of the campsite. Um, and I know that I was having to walk a good five minutes just to use the loo, um, which again, not a major problem. Um, Biscuits but... Brown is your friend, man. <laughs> yeah, just bind that up for the weekend. All the woods. Just deal with it. The woods. All the woods. Yeah. Or bag it. Just bag it. Yeah. It's been bagged. Not, so, not. I'm not condoning that, by the way. If the National Air Festival is watching. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Don't but don't you... poo in the woods. Yeah, but they can't <laughs> stop you snapping one off in a bag I'm and, and tying it off and put it in a bin line. And your foot, your hole's got to be at least a foot deep. None of this scratching the surface and just like putting some leaves down don't, on top of don't, it. Just don't, don't, don't put in the woods. Not at the National Airsoft Festival. Who would say that? Shit in a bag, tie it off. <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go. So yeah, I mean, I think from a camping perspective, that would probably be my only gripe. I mean, there's a lot of good things as well. They've got three different sections for the camping, so you have a kind of louder camping, there's normal, and then there's quieter camping. Um, so you've obviously got the opportunities that you can pick how... What did you guys you opt be. for? We were in normal, normal camping. Normal yeah, camping. I was in the same. Nice, nice. Were you and close to each other? To... Did you uh, Did you get to rub shoulders no, in the camping area? We, we, we bumped into each we other mingled. at one point where we... Um, we did mingle. We did, didn't we? We're, uh, um, uh, I'm going to get Invictor Airsoft. The owner of Invictor Airsoft was there. And I yeah. must say, he has the best camping setup. He he rocked up with a full, like, because he's a fireman, apparently. I mean, I, I only met him this weekend. So, Ed, by all means, correct me because I think you know him better. But he literally rocked up with, like, this fire welfare unit truck. Amazing. <laughs> loaded the crate. And he's got, like, this full air-conditioned cabin. Oh, it, cab it, but the But what's really cool is I've got a video of it. The vehicle has like a hydraulic mechanism thing that lowers it off the truck and just dumps it on the ground. So he literally drove up, and within two minutes, he his tent was set up. Basically, his his cabin was set up. So that was pretty cool. And everyone was looking. Everyone was watching, which is exactly what he wanted. <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Fair play. Okay, so camping, toilets, all good. All seems good. Arrivals, everyone yeah. arrived okay. What about the actual main festival zone then? What could you sort of expect from that? I'm if, liking uh, this interview style that you've got going. Do you like this? Do you like it? For the, for the end here. <laughs> on, um, okay, so the, the festival area itself, um, you've got a little sort of boot fair section. Um, they've kind of segregated that off this year into its own little area. I think it's quite a good idea. Um, previously, it was almost like um, 
people were just sort of setting up on the main route. So you'd have like people come and camp on the main path down and they'd just be kind of getting their wares out there. Um, having the little sort of boot fair section in, on its own nearer the rest of the shops and things, I think was quite a good idea because it meant that you could kind of peruse all the shops and all the boot fair stuff at once rather than having to kind of wander around the campsite seeing who had stuff for sale. Um, there, there was, was one shop cramped. owner that wasn't I, there I this mention, year. I would mention Ooh, yeah. that the, that bit was a bit cramped though. It seemed like Yes. There wasn't quite enough space for every... Uh, but I don't know. But... Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the number of shop owners, you're right. There, there was clearly more shop owners for the boot fair bit than they'd kind of figured, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, so there was a boot sale segment as well, then, the that people could bring... Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Kydex customs with a massive tent, though, like a big marquee. They always joke about how they... They get the biggest tent, which is true. They do. Fair, they do get the biggest tent. Fair play. Yeah. Well, you know, it's for, for housing all that quality <laughs> equipment they produce, obviously. <laughs> um, pictures I saw of the bar area now that look quite cool, but it didn't look mega busy in the bar area from all the photos. Was that? Did you go up there in the evening and listening to the bands and stuff? What was that like? Yeah, it's different times of the day. So I mean, when you've got the main airsoft playing. Um, obviously you've got a lot more players and bear in mind there's like three and a half thousand people that book onto this event and then you've got other halves and bits and pieces that sort of tag along to that um, so yeah I mean when, when the airsoft's not on obviously people either have the opportunity to go into the bar area or the camping um, I'll see if I can dig out a picture of sort of uh, when it's when it says it's busiest but I mean myself mm. I didn't really stick at the bar too much I don't know what your activities were Ed uh yeah, definitely pint after the game. And then uh, Friday night actually was the only time we spent the whole night in the bar. Uh, and then Saturday, not so. Uh, reasonably priced on the drinks and stuff. Um, did someone say yeah, last year it was quite expensive, five, the drinks there? or five ten for a pint of San Miguel, I think. So. Oh, it's got quite sort of pub prices in. That's not too bad. Yeah, it's pub, pub prices. Cool. What about queue times and um, sort of like any food, like the food court and things like that? Like, was it like a massive wait for food, or was there plenty of vendors for uh, for getting your uh, getting your getting your scram? The queuing was a problem for well, it's a problem every year, but it's not like they can really do anything about it. I mean, the chrono queue is very long, but you actually get there, and they are being as efficient as they can. They've got like fifty booths set up with someone chronoing uh, chronoing you. Um, so I don't really see how they could speed that process up. Mm -hmm. um, so you, I, you get a load of complaints, but like you hear people complaining about the chrono queue, but I can't think. I, it I is what it is. You can you know, just have to stop. I think, I think to be fair, they've got a really efficient it. system, but you've got to bear in mind that players rock up with literal wheelbarrows full of rifts that they want to chrono. They I mean, do. They do. I'm, I'm not even kidding. You get you get full, and it might just be that the teams are all using it or not, but people must be chronoming a good sort of three or four rifts for for the NAE event. Um, I myself had one rifle that I took, so that yeah, that was what too. I chronoed, and that's what I used. Yeah, that so was I risky was you know in and breaks, out, but that is a risk. But then you can breaks, go and re-chrono but... because they've run in yeah. the chrono throughout the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna bring this up on screen. So this is kind of. Not necessarily when it's at its busiest, but this is definitely um, sort of a good representation of the oh, hang on, the bar area. Obviously okay, cool. Pictures gone. I didn't see uh, any pictures or the same pictures you've seen, Lance, because 
all yeah, all the pictures I've seen are like are like that. Like it's it is. That's cool. I like that. See, I, I, that's, that's what I. That's why I was gutted. I couldn't go this year because I'd be. I'm very, very excited, keen to go for sort of like the social element and all the music and stuff like that. That 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 really ticks all my boxes. And then obviously a little bit of camping with the guys, um, which would be good. So I just want to give a special shout out. Um, this chap here, not not him specifically. I the owner's not actually there. Um, this is the best stand that is at the National Airsoft Festival, and it wasn't there this year. Um, yeah, I because unfortunately the chap is Greek, and I believe he had to dive back home because his house burnt down. From what I oh, heard, shit. Um, that might be incorrect, he but just he a big shout out. Made it back. <laughs> to, to lie in Ed's stomach with his Greek kebabs. Yes, <laughs> that is my one complaint: is that that still wasn't there. Like, my, <laughs> that's a more serious complaint than the Chrono Q. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I must say, genuinely, that's it. Hit the food that these guys serve is is one of my absolute yeah. favourite. It's one of the reasons I go to the National Airsoft Festival because sitting out in the sun eating one of the trays that they make for those, just just proper banging. And it not being there this year, I found myself sort of drifting aimlessly between different food stands, just going, I don't know if I want a burger. Like, Brad's just said it's, it's the just not Greek. Stand was good. I, I didn't try the uh, the burritos to be fair. I, I was a little bit nervous about having Mexican food in a yeah in a dangerous. Location. That's dangerous territory. A, a burritos camping <laughs> with not a lot. Of That's exactly. I'm just thinking that. Oh blimey! <laughs> um, I mean the the the, the Mexican stand did smell good, but I was just a little bit scared. No, fair play. Cool. Nice. So um, then, so you've had your Friday evening, your beers, your food, this that, and the other. So up Saturday morning, I'm guessing a bit of brekkie, chrono. Uh, and then I'm, I'm presuming it's sort of briefing time before the game kicks off. What was all that about? Where was that held and stuff? Uh, there isn't really a briefing. So it's... Uh, I don't really know. I think you sign a disclaimer. I can't really remember. But you sign a disclaimer before you go. And that has all of the rules and safety precautions for the day. So they don't bother trying to tell 3,500 people a safety brief because it just people start talking during that you just can't hear it even if they're on the loudspeaker um so they just do a, like a don't be a dick rule you know yeah blah one. blah blah the usual and then it's off to the game zone um which actually to be fair isn't i don't think massively unsafe because everyone there pretty much has played a skirmish before at least um, unless well, maybe I, I would say at least 99% of people would have played airsoft before mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they will have heard a brief and so so obviously a brief what, the non-briefings obviously taking place how how did they get like obviously was it, was it Charlie Charlie Bravo and Delta or was it just the two teams or others is it Bravo and Delta and others or something yeah so there's three factions which is Bravo Delta and others Delta is meant to be the kind of more Milsim-esque style of, of uh, players. Uh, Bravo, I think, is probably intended being the normal skirmishers. And then I think others is kind of accommodating to the people that just want to rock up and run around in Star Trek uniforms. And Didn't the um, others win last year, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So th don't get me wrong. That, that I think that was the general no, idea no. originally. I think you get... I mean, there's, there's 
players rock up in whatever they want to wear. There's no camera rules or anything like that. The ones that don't conform go into the others. Well, that to either used to be more so. or blue for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that used to be more yeah. so. Um, but I say, I think it's all sort of changed now. Uh, Many Deadpools and Lord so. Vader's running around. <laughs> so you can see on the um, the player on screens wearing armbands. Um, so everyone in the the various teams is provided with two coloured armbands. Um, it's like so who is orange, that? Orange is Delta. Actually, uh, sorry, orange is Bravo. It looks like he's muddied his armband. It does look like that. I was just thinking the same thing, which is which is definitely frowned <laughs> upon. Um, orange is Bravo, blue is others, and the kind of yellowy lime colours Delta. Um, so it's very obvious, you know, who the players are and what sort of team they're on. So PIDing isn't really that tricky, um, mm-hmm. as long as you can see the armbands. Some people decide to wear the armbands on their legs, which is a little bit harder to identify who they are. Um, but would you like me to comment on that? Is that go on, Ed? You comment. <laughs> well, it's the yes, Gillies. Are we baiting Ed here? Are we baiting Ed? <laughs> <laughs> it is the Gillies that do that. To be fair, twice this event, I got spotted. And I didn't even ask. They just said, yeah, mate, I saw your armbands. Because they are massive. They're not like a normal skirmish band. They are, like, a normal skirmish band is that thick. These are like yeah. that. So, um, and they're bright fluorescent colours, which is really difficult. So if, if I was hiding in a bush, shoot me if this is illegal. But I would, uh, if I was pointing at someone, I'd, I'd kink my arms like this so they couldn't see the bands. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. You can see all the players on screen now, so you can kind of very easily identify the different colours that they've got. Um, so, yeah, I mean, nice. from a from a gameplay perspective, I th- do you know what? I, I would I would argue that it's probably one of the best organised games for that many players. Yeah, um, for sure. There were there were a few so what was instances. The, what, what was the um? What was the um? What was the uh? Sort of the, the situation then for the, the like, was there a storyline? Was it just like a set amount of taskings for each faction or objectives? Like was it ground war or something like that? What was the crack right, with the actual gameplay war. itself? Pretty much ground war, just yeah, holding objectives for X I, amount of time just, and stuff like that. So I don't know the like uh, they're called secondary objectives, but yeah, it's basically a, a large game of domination so you have to hold certain areas on the field uh, for as long as you can uh, mm-hmm. and yeah it, that, that's that's the game, it works but it's very hard to actually know what's going on if you're winning um, I don't mind that That's it feels kind of like a lot of skirmishes that I play at so yeah so once you've held an objective, then is it? Do you do you have to have like a set amount of time to hold that objective, or do you just have to hold it until the end of the day as the, as that faction? Or I don't actually know. I never I never played the <laughs> I never played the objective. So the the oh, that's right, Ed. I'll, oh, I'll jump in. Oh, later. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the site is about a kilometre across. Um, I'm just trying to very quickly dig up a picture. Um, it's about a kilometre across, and I think it's about 500 metres north to south. Uh, it does vary, um, which I, so I'll show you the image in a second. But the, the the kind of general gameplay style is that you've got a, a, effectively a command post for each of the factions spread across the map, and then you are provided with timed objectives throughout the day. So, for example, you may be um, told or advised that you know we've got to go and collect a laptop from a certain location. Uh, there might be downed pilots. 
There may be special missions that you have to go out and do. Um, you can make up your own missions if you want to. So, for example, if you wanted to go and launch uh, an assault on the enemy CP, you're more than welcome to go and do that. Um, so there's a kind of structure there, and you've got a, a, a team IC and multiple two ICs that kind of sit there to, to kind of guide the teams and kind of bring a little bit of structure to it. But for the most part, as Ed said, you know, you, you can just play it how you want. You can stick with that kind of central area of fighting and kind of you know get involved in the proper pinch point stuff or you can just go off and you know do some sneaky stuff on the flanks which is what i personally prefer to do because it gives you a little bit more maneuverability and you can flank and you can be a little bit more sort of crafty with your gameplay and your tactics um ed and i at one point bumped into each other which was quite good i'll um i'll dig out the video of that as well um Oh, so you were both on the same faction, and you were both Bravo, was We were both on the same team, fortunately, because I've been shot by Ed before, and I don't want it to happen again. That's a bit of a touch, yeah. It's 2.3 mate. Yeah, don't be like that. Yeah, he clocked me right on the nose, though. Was that when you were sat on that tree stump at the private site? Yeah. Was that Ed or was that Mark Hutchins? shot me in the face. I couldn't remember if that was Hutchie or Ed. No, that was Ed. Because it was Ed. It did. It cut me really deep. Actually, it actually bruised my heart. <laughs> oh, I can't get this photo up quick enough. I apologise. It's also got very hot in here. Might have to so, so okay. So, was is the game over two days in, or is it just a Saturday and that's it? Like, when do you no, find no, out what factions won? And you only find that out at the end. Yeah. So at the at the end of the Sunday. So I I don't know that. Probably is an update Saturday evening, but I don't know how you find that out. Um, right, okay. So they they announced that at the raffle. So there's a there's a large raffle that they have. All the players that attend the event are automatically entered with their raffle tickets based on their raffle uh, placed on their player number. So everyone's allocated a unique player number, and then they draw the player numbers out of a hat, effectively. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a lot of good prizes. Um, I think this year there were a few Specter Arms rifles. Uh, or riffs um, nice. as kind of top prizes. And then, um, you know, as the numbers draw through, I think there was a bag. Um, I think somebody won like a bag of goodies, which was quite good. So, uh, yeah, I Ed, mean, there's quite a, you know, everyone loves a you, raffle. Didn't your pal, Ed, win um, the big Viper crate of he all did. goodies and gizmos and stuff like that? That's pretty cool. I think it was like a thousand pounds worth of, of gear. Um, wow, that's incredible. He's a marshal at Invicta. As well, which was pretty cool. Oh, nice! That's good. So it's like I, I can't. Did he get the crate that it all come in, or was it just like here, go take all this out and struggle back it to was, your tent with, with stuff? I don't know how they transported it back. I think they put it in Andy's cabin um, from Invicta. But um, yeah, I don't know what he's doing with all that gear because I mean, I'm probably still going for it. All I imagine a thousand pounds worth of kit. That's probably quite a lot of stuff. Well, he's, yeah, but he's he's pro- he's been playing airsoft like ten years or something. So he's he's kind of got it all. But I, he's grateful nonetheless, and I'm sure he will find good use for it. Oh, fair play, man. That's cool. Mike, you're muted. Yeah, sorry, I was just um, trying to find this this um, some bits and pieces to show. Uh, this is the map, by the way. Um, so say so it's about a kilometre across uh, from uh, north to south because the the actual orientations rotated. So from left to right on the map, it's about a kilometre across. Um, there's quite a few interesting features as well. They've got a full um, fort kind of set up like a proper breeze block 
fort with two tiers. Um, you've got a village which is comprising of a whole load of sheds. Um, but I mean, enough sheds that it's, you know, yeah, you have to do sort of various clearance through it. Uh, there's some chapels. Uh, there's a massive hill called Heartbreak Ridge, which is a proper onerous thing to try and take because you are having to fight uphill. And we're talking maybe one in one in two, one in one as a slope to try and climb, um, which is, you know, not well, necessarily the quickest. That's not the only run. ridge. So it is no. a really good map for this because it has these basically valleys hills and yeah a lot of it is flat but then they've got like a really steep part in the middle by heartbreak ridge and then another mm. valley going straight up the other end and then another mm. valley over there so you can see it's quite cool because especially if you're uh sniping like i was you can snipe from one end of the valley to the other uh over the valley it's very cool you've got like a big field of view um yeah nice so ideal conditions for you then ed and your Followers yes. of many, many snipers. Yes. And was it was it was it a heavy event for, for sniping side of things? Was it quite heavy on the snipers, or was uh, it quite even, Stevens, with them regards to like across all three teams? I don't know. Yeah, probably even across teams. I would say probably one in twenty people were were sniping. So not that not that many. There is okay. a lot of there is if you're into CQB there is. A village area which was very popular especially on the sunday um which is massive although even though it's massive it, it just attracted too many people i think at one point i think you were talking about this uh mike before before naf about the nucleus and it is true that yeah. like once a big firefight gets started everyone can hear what's going on and they sort of zombie towards it thinking i'm going to go and get some kills and when you actually get there, it's impossible to move. It's just basically 10 guys posing a pathway. Nobody can move. And that is a problem at NAF. And I, I, I grant people that that is a, a legit complaint. So, like, to... so it's like it creates choke points that aren't physical choke points. They're created by the gameplay. But yeah, I mean, so the, the, there's a sort of rhododendron maze for about for probably 25% of the map and dotted in the maze are the CQB areas mm -hmm. and that is the zone that attracts the most players and unfortunately it can be very stalemate in that place so like Mike was saying earlier you have to really force yourself away from it to try and find a fight going on somewhere else because uh, there, there's fights happening all over the site I mean do you want to talk about the dead zones, Mike? Like how they work? Yeah, so there's a variety of dead zones around the the map itself. I think there's seven dead zones. So the idea is is that anybody can go to any one of the dead zones. Basically, when you're dead, you, you go to the dead zones and then you come out. And the idea is that you're meant to go back to join your kind of forces so that you are then fighting as a single line. Um, what seems to happen is that people die they come out of the dead zones and then kind of utilize that as an opportunity to just melt into the background uh, where oh, I've lost my patch. Where they will um they'll then start fighting from there. So that that kind of creates little pockets of firefights going on, which is um is interesting. Um, it does sound a but, bit I mean, it, the the way you said it there makes it sound like there's no objective, but there there is. It's just often the objectives are already taken by one of the teams and they're completely dominating yeah. that area. So the fighting is kind of happening on the outskirts and you don't 
you don't you can't see the objective obviously um but mm. it is it is there and with the rhododendron maze that ed was talking about there you know you've got bear in mind you've got like the main corridors through the rhododendrons but then people obviously go into the rhododendron bushes as well so you know you haven't just got a pinch point there. You've got a pinch point in the bushes. You've got pinch points further round as the flanks form. So you end up with this just big stalemate issue. And the only way really of getting through that is to throw as many bodies through it as possible. Um, yeah. There were some so. very cool charges. I mean, I didn't enjoy playing in that area, but whilst I was there, it was quite funny. I saw at one point, I saw I was standing on one side of the valley looking at my own team, probably a hundred of my own team, running down a valley and trying to get up the other side and basically nobody making it. <laughs> it's like, cause yeah, they're well dug in, but yeah, it's good. It, you have to, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good opportunities. If you're, if you're more out in the flanks, you've got the opportunities that you can outflank. Um, I just want to show a little clip, uh, Ed and I bumping into each other at the, uh, at the safe zone. So Ed, Ed re recorded this, um, so this is one of the safe zones, uh, and this was Ed and I and a chap called George discussing a super secret ghillie mission that we were going to go off on. Um, there no sound? Which I sort of, uh, I didn't play the sound because I don't know what you've recorded sound wise. <laughs> I didn't want to I know, play it's that. Just, it's just us talking. <laughs> oh, okay, don't, don't worry, don't worry. All right, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a good. Like the safe zones are kind of the the proper safe zone netting in areas sort of dotted around the map. And from there, you literally, you know, go off and do your own little thing. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities. Where where we went off on that little kind of tasking, we were pushing round, uh, sort of trying to outflank the enemy, just kind of get some bit of little bit of gameplay that we wanted to play, basically. Um, yeah. I was providing sort of rear security for Ed and George as we went through. Um, at one point, we came under fire. So to draw the attention, I just stormed forward, firing, ducked right down and started kicking a bush, which drew all the enemy attention so the bush is just getting lit up um and it gave ed oh, and george the opportunity to take a few yeah, yeah yeah so gave them an opportunity just to take out some of the uh, the players as they were shooting at us basically so uh, what was your um what was your super duper secret see um sniper mission then? <laughs> that was it <laughs> shake the bush that was it <laughs> uh -huh. operation shake the bush i like yeah. it yeah. just the three of us we, we thought we'd try and see if we could sneak up on the enemy cp Three um, guys, one bush. Yeah, we knew. <laughs> mm. we, knew that one. we knew where it. We knew where the enemy <laughs> CP was, so we thought we'd see what we could do, and it's quite good fun. I mean, you know, for just running around with an M4 and a ghillie hood on, um, like the the rust camo viper hood type thing. Mm -hmm. um, Great. You know, work, I, yeah. I was getting I was getting a score. I think I sort of KD of about twenty eight to four, um, and two of the four of deaths of mine were my own team shooting me. So. Brilliant. That was just. Is that because they just had enough of you, or was it just like a blue on blue? They just basically. <laughs> I I I like to try and play quite sneakily and crawl. I spend a lot of time on my belt buckle crawling through the bushes and stuff, and I was getting progressively further forward than the rest of our team. Um, sort of main fire line, um, and as soon as you start doing that, every you, you bear in mind you're playing with skirmishers, so they're not necessarily. They just see movement and they just start shooting at it. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. So I sort of came out the bush with my armband up, kind of like duck winging it out the bush um, and still got shot because just people get excited when they see someone that they can shoot at. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Blessing. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, a couple Good of questions stuff. that are coming from the chat. Uh, TFT Brad, did anyone see our We Love Silly Gilly flag? 
Um, so that was quite that was quite sweet. There was a big flag flying up above one of the camps, Bit which Ed didn't dine out on at all. I didn't see the flag. <laughs> oh. oh, rubbish! Oh, no. You told me how to find you by where the flag yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you come and find the big silly gilly flag, I'm stood directly underneath it, basking in my own that. success. You literally just make out. <laughs> just, in, just in a deck chair, just, just sat there like that with a little parasol directly under the flag. <laughs> Fair play, no, nice, um, that's cool. TFT Brad also said, our lot done Saturday and Sunday, full days, then went to Driverwood, needless to say, we were shattered. I can imagine that that was pretty mm. pretty tiring. Um, they wanted Terry me to says, go. how... Sorry, Hedgewood. They wanted me to go to Driverwood afterwards, and I was just... <laughs> how you could possibly do that, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, Terry says, how do you get the end bar on the cop bed? <laughs> this has got to stop. This is almost online bu- cyberbullying, this is now. Uh, TFT Brad, what's your guys' experience with the gameplay? What do you think? So I think we've sort of covered that. But I mean, as a, as a whole, Ed, from a, from a general airsoft gameplay sort of out of 10, what would you give it? Uh, I would give it a 8. But you have to really work for good gameplay. You can't just, you have to think, where am I going to find the good gameplay? Otherwise, it's a three if you get sucked into the stalemate middle. Yeah. I would concur with that. Fair play, nice. So, Stephen Whitehead said, do they have gear lockers or will that be coming next year? So, there aren't gear lockers. Obviously, you can camp next to your car. So, I would advise that if you've got lots of kit there just keep it in your car keep it locked up you know unfortunately there's a certain percentage of our society that are complete dickheads and if you get enough people at any one event some of those dickheads are going to filter through and be at that event as well it's really annoying that this has become like such a thing people are talking about because 99% of people don't do that it's just yeah maybe just next year if it happens just nobody talk about it so on that, so on that subject, you're allowed to leave your vehicle at your camping site. Then you you can't just. Yeah. You, it's not a case of driving down, setting up, then moving your car to like a main car park. Your actual car is at no, no. The, the camping area. Oh right, okay. So there's yeah. So by rights, you should definitely be leaving everything locked in your car, regardless. Yeah. You know, I, I would do that. Yeah. I would never leave. I mean, it's a, it's a shame that you have to, because ultimately, you know, it'd be nice if we didn't have knobheads. In, yeah, in but I, I mean, it's not. Yeah, but thinking about it, it's not like you're at an event that you know the you know you've been to one of their events before, and it's like thirty aside, and you know pretty much most of the people on the team. Everyone's rifles are going to be left under their bashers or in a gun bag. You're at an event that's got thousands of people at it. I, I wouldn't run the risk. I, I just it, it wouldn't compute with me to leave my rifles in my tent. They would be locked in my car along with all my other crap do you know what i mean i would never the only thing that would be left out would be like a sleeping bag and stuff like that you all my other kit would be in the car that, that's a, it's that, basically that, should, a public that event. incident shouldn't have happened basically yeah, yeah you know yeah. as crap as it was the guy yeah. should have had that stuff in the car not in his tent if that's where if that's where it was nicked from i don't know where it was taken from whether it was a tent or whether someone's actually broken into his vehicle then that's a different subject altogether but you know you need to mitigate that risk and just keep it all locked down proper yeah, I'm not sure about the breaking into the vehicle. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of gear floating about at these events. Um, mm. So it's not... I mean, as Ed said, we don't want to really focus on it because it's a really no. negative thing. Um, yeah. But it's unfortunate that just, you know, these things get out and then 
people start to worry about that a little bit more and that I don't think we need to be worried about it. I think just take a little bit of due care and attention from the get-go, you'll be fine. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Airsoft Cam Man. So I bumped into this lovely gentleman as well. Um, sniping was very hard work, very overgrown. How did you find it, Ed? Uh, it was. I know where... Uh, nearly said his name there. Uh, I know where Cameron was playing, uh, so uh, and where he was playing at the start was yeah way too dense. Um, I did find some very good sniping spots. Uh, unfortunately, I think Cameron did not. Uh, although, well, yeah, that that's that. You'll see, you'll see what he's come up with, mm. won't you? Oh, and Cam Man, I had a, a chat with uh, Tay from Kydex. He is desperate to get in touch with you. Um, he really wants to chat to you about how he can um, link up with you on certain product ideas and stuff like that. So please, please hit him up because every time I spoke to him, he was like, "Oh, have you bumped into him yet?" <laughs> we we had we we'd met. I think you probably had that conversation before we met. We we spoke to Tay for oh, almost half an hour. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think Tay clocked on as to who he was talking to. So. <laughs> oh, no, he did. He did, he did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, we so, met him at the end end of the event, so Sunday afternoon, I think. So. Oh, nice one. Cool. All right, fair enough. So with that then, Ed, that's, that's a nice segue, actually. So end of the event, sort of clearing site, camping, packing up, was it absolute free-for-all to get out, or was it quite an organised sort of exfil from the, the, no, sort of like the festival area and stuff? No, because people start to leave at about three o'clock, I think, because people on the Sunday are not that in the mood, some of them. So mm-hmm. you, know, you get late, uh, early goers, and then people stay Sunday night as well. So it's just, it's just a slow trickle out. Fair play. Yeah, you can pay the extra night for camping, so you can have a bit more. I think there's like a uh, pub quiz on the yeah. Sunday night, because obviously it's the bank holiday. Um, mm. So bank holiday Monday is obviously an opportunity for people to go home then. So I think it's quite, from a social perspective, it's quite good. You know, I would argue that the airsoft is pretty decent. If say if Ed, um, what Ed was saying in terms be, of you know you've got to work for it. I mean that's you and me, Mike. I do hear quite a few people criticising the gameplay. So be aware. That yeah, it's just. But I suppose it's I one think, of them. It, it is what well, you I make think people it. People criticise it because they don't play it properly. To be fair, they don't they don't play mm. the appropriate way at the event. Um, right. I think I think you have to explore the map, but yeah, we've already been been through that. Yeah. So there you go. Cool, cool, that. cool. Right. Okay. So highest point, lowest point, and then we'll close off the old NAF debrief and then just hit some Q and A's for a little while. So, yeah. Mike, highest point for you? Uh, of this year, probably. And this is this is not brown nosing. I promise you. Oh, I actually really God, enjoyed. I'm... I really enjoyed linking up with Ed. Just the toilet. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Mike brown took nose. it upon himself to be the toilet brown inspector nosing. for the entire site. <laughs> no, there were there were two there were two particularly high points. Shut up. <laughs> there were two particularly high points for me. So there was the I really enjoyed Ed and I sort of linking up and doing a little bit of like sneaky sneaky stuff. It was just it was nice to just get out and kind of I, I don't know just just play in a slightly different style. I what. Up until then, I hadn't been playing with any other snipers at that event. Um, working with the snipers, when you when you kind of do that, is actually quite good fun. I like I don't mind sitting there for a little while, being a bit sneaky, sneaky, sort of creeping up, taking your time, trying to get the kill. Um, 
I do enjoy that. So that was a highlight. And the other highlight for me, it was probably more from a November Foxtrot perspective, but I got the opportunity to go around and meet a load more people, um, make some good contacts. We've got loads of interesting um, interviews lined up for the show um, sort of in the next few months. So there should be a lot of promising stuff from that as well, basically. So uh, Wonderful. We shall wait and see point? how that goes. Was, yeah, what was your low point? No point was the kebab band not being there. Genuinely, that really hit me hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> when I found Mate, out, I'll, I'll so grant I had... you that because you can, when you find a good kebab, it's yeah, it's the best. But when you can't get it, it's just like oh, god damn it! <laughs> I I won't lie. I rock I rocked up to the little kind of festival area, and um, somebody went. I don't think the kebab band's here. I was like, no, no, he's definitely here. He's definitely here. <laughs> I had to walk around that place twice to confirm it, and I genuinely I didn't know what to eat for the rest of the weekend because I hadn't brought any food with me because probably under preparing but i hadn't brought any food with me because oh. i was planning just to live off kebabs <laughs> and it was a real struggle a fair I'm one not gonna lie. <laughs> so what did you what was your secondary then what did you what did you resort to then uh you know hunter and scout mm-hmm. they've been at a number of um, airsoft events so um they they did some pretty decent burgers and bits big and pieces. shout out to really hunter nice... scout second place yeah <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> 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 whoop, whoop. Wouldn't have got my no, business if the Greek they, guy was there. They were my preferred. Um, so I went I went there. There was the um, churro place. I did some nice churros. Highly recommend the churros. Um, I don't think I ate anything else, to be fair. So you didn't cook anything back at the campsite then? You literally just No, ate I didn't take any food with me because I was a moron, basically. I packed That's everything really... else. Can um, you host a Bloody Milson podcast? Well, no, the reason being... Uh, planning. I was... For that that week, basically, I was working. To, I'm working towards my chartered engineer status, and I was focusing so much on that. I ended up packing, classic me, packing for NAE at one o'clock in the morning before then getting up at four in the morning to drive down to NAE. Um, oh dear! So that was why I didn't have any food. <laughs> Fair enough. Ed, your high so, point for the weekend at NAF? Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, it's probably. I'm not just saying this because it's on the video, but it's probably that video that I made, like that moment that was in the video. It's like, I think about 10, 12 guys pushed up on my bush and I was almost on my own. So Could, Couldn't have worded that any any worse than you just did. Funnily enough, funny enough the, title, <laughs> the title of the video is uh, 12 guys versus one bush. But I wanted mm-hmm. to call it 12 Guys, One Bush, but it wouldn't have passed the community standards of YouTube. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, that moment was my high point. Um, that was, like, you don't often get that at a regular skirmish, and um, that was just really, it was kind of... And so was um, so what was the outcome of the, of the 12 Guys arriving? <laughs> Ooh, well, now you're getting into it. Uh, <laughs> um, I said arriving. Yeah, there was I said guy, arriving. <laughs> Okay, there was one guy that was aware that there was someone close, so tried to get into <laughs> my bush. Come on, lads, keep it together. Come on. So he was going to step on me. So, well, he, he was probably a meter away from me, and he was just slowly making his way towards me through the bush. And a guy shot over his shoulder, and he turned around and said, uh, "It's in the video. It's like, watch where you're shooting, Snoop Dogg. He's a northerner, sorry, a northern accent." Um, <laughs> Watch where you're shooting, Snoop Dogg. I don't want to get shot in the back of the head, and then I shot him. And uh, yeah, that was that was it. 
Oh, fair I've, not, I've got that, to be honest, I've not seen this video yet, so I'm going to have to go and look for it. Uh, it is quite funny. But, yeah, that was that was the highlight. My low point was... Hmm, I don't know. I think it was probably just the general... And, and this happens at every NAF, but just the general complaints about uh, hit-taking. Like, I don't know if people realise, when you're in the dead zones together, it kind of brings the whole mood down if everyone is complaining about hit taking um and and yet again this happened hello hey, yeah no we can hear you mate yeah, so ex excuse my ignorance then so i'm guessing this dead zone is an as a zone for the dead players to go to it's not like some part of the game that is called the dead zone yeah yeah yeah, yeah they're literally they are excuse little, my um, ignorance <laughs> no, you know you know the green netting like the impact protection netting yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they're kind of seven or eight areas across the site um, where it's sort of fenced off, and they are designated dead zones. Um, the equivalent of like you know uh, skirmish days, you have to go and sort of tap, tap a post or something like that. You have to go and see. Right, those, okay, those so it's like a regen sort of position sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, but okay, for cool. All the teams, so that's how it differs. Because that's what I was like when Mike brought that map up and it had like the skull and crossbones. I'm guessing that's those locations yeah. there. Yeah. Right, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I mean, one one tip. I, I think we did cover this pre previously, but if you if you go to an AE, if you're going to be there next year, I will be there next year because it's a cracking event. Um, and whilst you know, there's a few negatives. I think you get that with any event. Um, I'll be there next year. Tip. I've already got the green light. No, there's no if you're, no clashes of calendars. <laughs> I'm there. If you're um, if you're planning with a team to kind of right, we're gonna we're gonna move around here and sort of assault this position or whatever like, just for the sake of making sure you stay linked up with your team because it is such a big site and you will you know there's so many players you will never find people again. Just go. We're gonna meet at that dead zone. If we all die, we're going to that dead zone because the number of times that I've been to the event before and people get lost and then I mean I I went with uh, there were four of us this year. A good portion of the time, I didn't see the rest of the guys that I went out with. Um, we had comms and everything like that, but it, you know, there's just so much going on. There's so much of a site. You've got so many players. You What's get the comms situation like? Is it is it good coverage for comms, or is it a bit hit and miss like most places? It's pretty good. It's pretty good to be fair. Um, we're on the licensed frequencies, so these mm -hmm. are the simple UK license, um, which. Well, I'm not going to go into it, but anyone with a bad thing should technically have. Um, there are PMR frequencies, um, sort of allocated. So one, I believe, channel one was allocated for a Bravo command. So if you wanted to get instruction from the Bravo command, you could do so. And then mm -hmm. channel two was allocated as a Bravo team chat. So never went on that. I could only imagine it's probably like a Reddit server comment section. Just, Just absolute chaos. Like, oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah. So we were on the frequent dedicated frequencies, and it was absolutely fine. To be fair, we didn't have any crossover with anybody else, um, so didn't have a problem with that. But, fair I do you did you run comms, Ed? Yes, we ran comms. How did you find yours? Uh, it was good at the on the Saturday because we were all kind of really determined to link up. Like we make we didn't have dead zones as the rendezvous point. We had like points on the map where we would we decided. Oh, and I forgot to mention it, really important, the Ares Alpha app. Do you know about this, Mike? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so th they have they had that at NAF, and it was brilliant. Like, you could, you, you never had to worry about losing anyone because, like, you could just pull out your phone and see exactly where they were, and it, the phone is, is, is kind of like a compass thing. I don't, I don't know how it works, but, but you can point it towards where they are, 
and walk in that direction and you will find people um, that's cool oh, was yeah, that, that just for your little was that, was that was that for your little unit or was that for like the yeah. whole bravo so you just, team you have your you you have a qr code for just your squad and then mm -hmm. it's done it's it's really simple the, that's cool one thing i would add like a, on a high point was um one andy the guy that had that thing set up in the safe zone um he was on our squad but he was on the others because me and him were playing our own little game where i had to find him and i did find him and it was brilliant and that is the next video it's all about me finding andy so, yeah. <laughs> oh okay I look forward to that yeah so that excellent stuff um, right, so that's, Ed, where can that's people like... just quickly where where well, can people find your channel, Ed? It's just silly gilly on YouTube. There you go, silly gilly. Yes, right. So that's NAF wrapped up. I think that's uh, a rather more yeah. bit more successful than last year. I'd like to think from the comments, mm. which is always good. Um, so we jump into um, Op Empire Rising Two. Very very quickly. There's just a few comments I just want to bring up. Yeah yeah um, yeah. Philip said I probably got shot because the fact I was facing the enemy might have been a hint. Um, to clarify, I wasn't facing the enemy. I was facing away from... Sorry, I was facing the enemy, uh, but I wasn't facing my team. I had the armband very clear to my team, so they should have identified me and not shot me. Um, yeah, but, Philip. Never mind. God. <laughs> TFT you Brad... There, uh, you went we... there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TFT Brad, we was driving down. It only took a three-minute walk. Toilets was pretty good this year, to be honest. So, yeah, massive improvement on toilets this year. Good stuff. Um, good stuff. Bumped into Mark there. It was quite a good opportunity, actually, I say, to meet a few random people because you do just bump into people really randomly um, in like the dead zones and just sort of wandering around. Because whilst it's a big event, because everyone's kind of in the same sort of area, you could kind of spot people and go, like, oh, yeah, hi, how are you? Um, so he said, thanks for the patch. And does Lance still want a DPM NI patrol pack? No, Mark. Thank you very much, sir. But I have got one now. So, um, yeah, stand down, sir, stand down. <laughs> All good there. Mark, I wouldn't mind one if it's still going. If Lance yeah, doesn't want it anymore, <laughs> yeah, I'd have two. So why not? You like um, the show this evening, Kieran. So Kieran was one of the guys that I was I was there with. We've been going together, of yonks basically. So I've got this little group that we've been going with pretty much since 2015. Um, Kieran, sort of one of those people, and he said my high point was when it started to rain because he doesn't deal with the heat well. No, uh, fair play. So it was cool quite off, refreshing cool when off. it rained. It was quite nice. So, uh, very nice, very nice. Evening, Connor. Not long time no speak, sir. Thanks for coming along. Appreciate that. And I think Adventures of Zulu just checked in. All mm -hmm. good, all good. So, Empire Rising 2. Lance, I'm going to throw it over to you and Ed, because uh, oh. I know that you guys... Uh, Ed's, Ed was Empire Rising 1 winner, or one of the yes. one of the pairs. The, the, one uh, of the winning pair, yep. One of the two... Yeah, one of the winning pair. That's a better way of saying it. Uh, the the one last year uh, or the last event. So, um, Lance, you're obviously helping Kenny from Empire and Empire Events organise that. So, what can we yes. expect? What what is Empire Rising Two? So, Empire Rising Two, obviously, it's the second formatted uh, one day event for sniper pairs to pit their skills against each other in a gorgeous uh, ninety acres of private woodland um an amazing an untouched unspoiled site by that i mean it's not like a pallet wood city or anything like that it's literally undulating land natural cover um varying vegetation um it's a real challenging site it's perfect for sniping it's got some real open sections it's got some tight tunneled sections that are naturally formed through tree fall and canopies and stuff like that 
Um, it's got it's going to have uh, similar objectives to the first event um, with some added twists and bits and bobs. There will be some NPC characters on site uh, who will be there to hinder your progression as a sniper pair. They won't be aligned or, or um, uh, with any pair in particular. They are there for their own merits. Um, so they are there just basically yeah, to give you a, a hard time as snipers. Um, it's on the 14th of October uh, this year. Um, there will be camping available on the Friday night uh, and obviously camping available on the Saturday night after the event, uh, which will be a social barbecue in the evening and all high fives and back slaps and big hugs and tea and biscuits for the winners and things like that. Uh, which is always good um and i believe tea that... and biscuits as well yeah. yes absolutely yeah everyone gets tea and biscuits regardless everyone needs that fuel um and obviously that will be i believe the barbecue and um the social bit in the evening is obviously included in the ticket pricing um which i need to clarify with kenny but i'm pretty sure that's what the deal was last time so i don't see why it would be any different this time um uh, parking wise it's uh, about 30 second dash to your car from the camping area so there's no dramas there it's a fully secured site it's fully fenced it's fully gated um obviously there'll be staff on site 24 hours a day um to make sure everything's tickety boo there'll be toilets on site there's no electricity there's no water there will be water supplied uh, but do bring your own water as well and make sure you bring a power bank or anything you need for charging up bits and bobs head torches and stuff like that because there is no electricity there's no buildings on the site it's completely natural um but yeah, from a gameplay point of view, uh, from the feedback we got from the first event, it was phenomenal. Uh, didn't have any upsets whatsoever. It's just it was like a, a, an awful lot of the guys was like, you know, not done anything like this before. Uh, want lots more of it. Um, a lot of the props went down very well. You know, the body and things like that that was very well received. Ed, I think you, I think you're one of the very few that actually found it um out in the game so, zone i mean from well, your point of view because i wasn't playing i was um i was npc and uh bringing out the amdram uh jazz hands and stuff like that um from your point of view how did you find it for the, for the first event so obviously to give people an idea of the one that's coming up uh yeah good I, on the uh, on the body i would say that i i didn't know it wasn't real until i poked it with my rifle I genuinely thought it was real because the 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 head part, which is the hardest bit to do, was in a bush, so, and the legs, yeah, it was. I, I couldn't tell the difference. Anyway, so it yeah. was phenomenal. It, was it really was phenomenal. It, 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 yeah. There was an, I was going to say something because oh, I, I, I positioned it, and it's well, you know, like you have a, a, a terrible dream where you think something's chasing you, but you, you can't get away from it. <laughs> I, I positioned it in it, and I put all the props out, and I was, I was like walking away, and I, was, I just kept on sort of glancing back, like it's going to get up at any minute. It's like really quickly got back to my truck. It's like oh, oh, I'm inside, I've got the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. Yeah, I was quite impressed with that. Yeah, all good stuff. So from a gameplay perspective then, Ed, um, you know, what can yeah. what can people that are potentially gonna join on for it um sort of expect to find out in the gameplay? Um well these games have kind of been come like this particular game of snipers only isn't actually a new thing and there have been other event companies that have done them. Um, mm -hmm. but and I I didn't actually play in, in any of those. Um so credit to them for kind of coming up with the idea but it is a really and it is a really cool idea i think it's based on um some of the training that the snipers do in the real world i don't know if that's completely true but basically it's an orienteering map so it's a, a huge map um i think it's about 148 which is how many players there are or no maybe uh, 14 players um 
that's massive. So you, you've got to think of it not as a skirmish at all. It is very much like slow stalking, um, not much firefights going on at all. Your, your ammo limit is 50 BBs for the whole day. Um, and actually, I think that's too many. I think they need to slightly reduce that. Um, but yeah, that's up to Kenny. But um, what I was going to say, so yeah, so it's you've got to place, the idea is you have to be sure that you're going to hit someone when you take the shot. And mm -hmm. that's that's one of the key aspects. And for, that's to get points, there's two things. So there's getting kills and collecting the dog tags and getting to certain points in the map. And each and they 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 have fifty fifty so killing people is a legit strategy to win the game, um, as is getting to all the places on the map. So that was that was good to see. I think that's quite popular with snipers as well because a lot of the milsim events that snipers go to they often end up um, being put on reconnaissance, and I'm sure people enjoy that and and everything, but. Uh, for me, I do prefer just shooting people quite a lot, <laughs> um, and so to have like a, a clear objective of literally just getting kills mm. for sniper for airsoft sniping is actually really. Uh, so, good with that in mind, then Ed, obviously, because you're a very well established sort of airsoft sniper, if you like, from your skirmish days and, and the Milsom events that you've is done. He? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, apparently so. So I've heard. Yeah. Um, was it? Obviously, going into this first event, then was it a different? Did you get a different feel for it? Because obviously, you knew you were going up against sort of like another five pairs of snipers that were of not too dissimilar dot tactics and how you how you how they play their game. Was it? Did you, did you feel a bit more of a nervous situation going into it, thinking, "Yeah, I've really got to pull yeah. my A game out for this one because it's not like it's um, stag parties on a Sunday or other skirmishes and things like oh, yeah. that. It's actually going to be." It's not just stag parties. I'm actually good. No, but you know, you know what I mean. You know, you know what I mean. You're, 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 you're going <laughs> to an event. There's birthday parties as well. Birthday yeah, <laughs> parties too. Um, but like, you know what I mean. You're actually going to an event that has been designed specifically for people that of your craft. Do you know what I mean? How, how yeah. did that? How, how did your? What was your sort of like mindset leading up to that? Well, all of all of the players that turned up were like, I would say, experienced snipers. Like they had. All the kit. I mean, I don't want to say that to uh, put off people from trying, even if you haven't really done sniping before, because there were some people. Both of you are muted. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Is it? Did on, it on purpose, mate. You crack on. It's, the, no, it's like the music. You know, the, the background noise stops, and you just hear your own voice, and it's terrifying. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> no. Um, no. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, don't get put off by the uh, the idea that people are experienced snipers. If you haven't done sniping before, it's very much still open for you, and there's there is a chance to win. Um, I wouldn't say it does sound like I'm make, make I think I'm making it sound more competitive than it actually is. Um, like we kind of all knew each other, apart from one pair that came. So it was kind of it was very fr a, fr a friendly atmosphere. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't think of it too much as a competitive event. And Lance, you were mentioning, do you have to bring out your a game i wasn't really thinking that i was more thinking i want to shoot dan dan's a, a sniper mechanic dan and and the, if i do that 
that's my I've won the event in my book. So that's that's the kind <laughs> that of is a, uh, that is a silly win. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that is that is what it was like for me. Um but yeah, I so would definitely Definitely I mean, so with that, yeah. with that, then I mean, like like you say, it, it's not all about like being super duper sneaky beaky. Um, it's very much one the, like the games can be won in, in in a different manner of ways. Like from not you know you could you could spend the entire however many hours you're out on the ground uh, pursuing other teams and getting kills, or you could be going around uh, completing all the objectives that are out in the game zone, or a combination of the of the two things. You know what I mean? There's there's different avenues that you can go to go down to win points um to to obviously to try and to try and win it i mean about the dog tags yeah. i mean that's a great little add-on for each team i don't know, yeah i think kenny came up with that idea i think um the dog tags oh and i'll mention the the ammo as well so when you shoot someone they have you have you're given at the start of the day 10 dog tags and if you shoot someone uh, that person has to hang on a tree their dog tag and there's trees everywhere you'll find it you'll see them walking over and placing it. So you go. So the idea is you then have to get to the dog tag to collect it. But of course, everyone's in pairs. So if your teammate gets taken out, you can kind of camp that area. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's 2v1, but you're staying still and you have these two guys coming into you. So it, it's, um, it, it's a very different way to play Airsoft. Um, I've certainly never played a game like it before. Um, it's probably not like a mills. I wouldn't describe it at all like a milsim or whatever you define milsim as. Of what, whatever. We we had this conversation on the first event. It's it's very hard to pigeonhole it as a milsim yeah. or a skirmish day or a battle sim. It's it's. I don't I don't think we found a word for it um, to describe this uh, this event. This it's, sniper it's dedicated event. It's it's a, it's a it's more. It feels more competitive than a milsim. Because it is all about like getting points ultimately. Um, mm -hmm. There's no, yep, there's not sure. really, a, there's no storyline, and there's no role play. Although the NPCs did do a bit of role play. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you just have to describe the event to put it, it's on it stands on its own two legs, if you like. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, it's very much on its own. Like you've got Milsim skirmish days, and then you've got the Empire sniper event. It's it's very much off to the right sort of thing of. Yeah, this can't be pigeonholed. <laughs> it's very good. Just yeah, to, no. um, Go just to chip in from my perspective, so I was the TL for the NPC team last last event. I want to say last year. It wasn't last year, last event. Um, and I believe I'm doing the same for this this event as well. So mm -hmm. there is an NPC team. Um, basically, the NPCs are, um, I would say, relatively seasoned mill simmers. Um, so... I don't want to say like we're, we're really good in any way, but the, the idea being is that, you know, we, we've got a little bit of team tactics and stuff going on. So we kind of um, have that, that kind of, that was quite good fun from that perspective, but seeing how the, the gillies and the snipers and that were kind of engaging with the event. I think, I don't think anyone really should think that they can't do it because they haven't got the right kit or, you know, ultimately, if you've got a fairly decent sniper rifle, I think that's the main thing you're going to need, really. Yeah, that's that's in the law. That's in the, law, in the rules. Rifle, it's um, yeah, it's a bolt action sniper and a, and a sidearm, a pistol of some description. Yeah, not machine pistol or MP7. I would say relatively competent or at least confident that you're going to be able to get some shots because you don't have the ammo count 
to, yeah. to sit there and kind yeah. of walk them in or anything like that. So the only thing I would say is that, you know, if you've got a relatively decent rifle from that perspective and a little bit of concealment, you're probably not going to have a bad event. You know, there's a really good social aspect as well. Um, there's obviously, there's the other snipers and bits and pieces there that you can have a chat to. Well, this is it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you Empire's are new to it, there. you're rubbing um, shoulders with a lot of experienced snipers as well. Um, They'll be more than happy to have a chat with you in the evening around the campfire with a couple of beers and a burger and sort of like, you know, trading trading secrets and things like that about what they do and how they make stuff and that they'd be, i'm sure they'd be more than happy to do that like i said it's bringing more people into the sport on, on a on a larger scale of not just milson but actually specifically snipers and stuff like that that'd be that's you know that's what it's all about at the end of the day especially from kenny's point of view so, it's all about bringing people together for the social so yeah yeah one, if you've got a sniper rifle sorry, sorry just quickly if you've got a sniper rifle and you've got some level of concealment and you want to shoot me in the back of the head book on yeah, absolutely yeah <laughs> Make One sure that diary is clear for October. I, if you turn up early on the day and you have a problem with your sniper or you think it's not shooting right, you'll get like 10, 10 very experienced uh, guys there t like getting it shooting right. And a lot of them mm -hmm. have spare parts, a spare parts bag, and mm -hmm. a lot of these platforms are cross-compatible anyway. So um, I don't want it at all to sound like uh, a sort of experienced airsofters game. It, no. it is very much. Uh, I think there was two guys there that had only started airsoft about three months ago. So and they did really mm. well as well. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, at the end of the event, nobody come back with a frown. Everyone come back with yeah. a smile. Absolutely exhausted and boiling hot, but they come back with smiles on their faces, and mm. they'd all had a brilliant experience. So that's exactly what you want. From organising it, so yeah, Pegasus fantastic. Said the, um, so Pegasus was also on the NPC team. He said the kid and his dad duo did really well last time, and I think it was something new for the both of them. So, mm, I think it was, yeah, you're right, um, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Tim Brown said these are an amazing event. Well done. Uh, of sorry, these are an amazing event. Done loads. Best airsoft event I have done, and still uh, done. Most BBs I fired was less than fifteen for a weekend. Uh, this was with six mil hunting. Uh, so where is this, and what's the price? Uh, so the site, it, so the I'm not 100 sure on the price. Ed, do you know what the price is from booking on previously? I can double check. Yeah, um, it's locate. I mean, I won't give the location out because it is a private site. It's not an airsoft site. It's a private um, uh, site. So it's located um, near to Lingfield Racecourse. Um, just for giving a bit of a geographical location for your travel times, etc. Things like that. So it is. It's about 10 minutes from Lingfield Racecourse. I'll give that as a bit of a broad. Uh, drop pin um and like i said it's a it's a gorgeous woodland it's absolutely stunning woodland it's got some vehicle track there you go 60 pounds it's uh for, so that's for that for event. a single ticket uh for a single ticket yeah so for your pair it'd be 120 pounds for the pair um <clears throat> it's a it's a fantastic event it's a fantastic location uh like ed said you know it's it's it has been done similar before but with all these new twists and stuff on top of it um, the, the other one we forgot to mention, which was really cool, was the ammo, picking up ammo. So Kenny yes. had put, uh, so you tell him what weight BBs you're going to be running, so four fives or four eights, and then you get on the field, there is a chance to pick up a bag of 10, I think, mm -hmm. 10 of your ammo, and it's it's labelled silly, or mine was labelled silly. Yeah, it's in a um, little jiffy bag, and, and there'll be in an I ammo think, crate somewhere. I think the next game might have a slight change to that and that you'll start with less ammo, but there'll be more chances to collect more ammo on the field 
once yeah. you've completed certain objectives and stuff. So there is a yeah, cool. there, you'll be get you'll get a map when it'll give you a rough area. It won't pinpoint where objectives are, but it'll give you like a larger circle. So if you imagine that that map there, it will give you yeah. a bigger circle. It, within that is one of these objectives, um, and it could be anything. It could be retrieving some intel. It could be um, encountering some NPCs and getting intel from them, or it could be uh, weapon serial numbers. It, the, the, many, many different options that we've got for the for the next one coming up. So, um, but obviously within the last one, it was um, there were some ammo crates at, uh, at an ammo store, and obviously you can crack that 50 cal ammo can open, and there was a the little pack of BBs in there. There was also a supply drop which had some uh, few treats in there to keep you going. Um, each uh, location as well, which which had a a, a um, an objective also had a couple of crates of water so you guys could replenish your water once you got to the location um and obviously at the main camping area there was more water as well because obviously it was a very hot day um yeah, and the old bush wookies wearing all there and bits of bobs Every, yeah so we just had, had extra water packs. everywhere yeah it was good it was good yeah so we kept on top of that nobody went down with dehydration so everyone was uh listen to us in the briefing just keep drinking just keep that keep the influence going in so um but yeah no i hope to get some uh some people, some new pairs booked on, which would be really good to see. One thing I was going to add, someone was asking about Gillies. I I am going to the next event. I don't know if I'm going to be playing there. I think I'll probably be there for the social. But if uh, anyone needs a ghillie, I'm just saying now, I can definitely bring a ghillie. I've got loads of them um, crafted up. They're, they're good for that environment as well. So if you need that, just send, a, send me an Instagram on, uh, send me a message on Instagram. Uh, is there some of my little name there? Silly dash 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 Gilly. So yeah. There we go. Perfect. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, don't be shy if you've not got all the kit required because it is, like I said, it's not a mill sim. You're not expected to be humping all your kit on your back out into the field and setting up a thing. It's a very social camping area, and then you'll go out and do the game, and then you'll come yeah. back to the area. So you can, it if you're using civilian though. camping tent kit, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. You're not expected yeah. to have mill spec camping equipment. It's that's not required. Yeah. At all. It is a it is a long game though. Uh, it is a long game, so you need to prepare. You, you, whether you have a crafted day sack or or a camouflage backpack just to keep some additional water in or some snacks, and you can go to ground. I mean, it's quite cool. It, it, I sort of imagine that doing that with myself would be like being out in the field, going into yeah. cover, getting some snacks down. You know, the, the chance of someone creeping past, and I think that's pretty we always pretty that. cool. We had that with the NPCs. We were in a rhododendron bush munching away, and all of a sudden we heard like quiet voices coming towards us and it was the npcs and we had we'd taken all of our ghillies off to cool down and we were just completely we just st stood stock still in this bush with like food in our mouths watching these <laughs> oh brilliant. brilliant cool cool i cool. will i will one 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 word of warning for if anyone's gonna do it again that did it last time um firstly please do because it genuinely it was i i really enjoyed it and i was only the npc team so um I believe the NPCs are having a little bit more uh, bite to them this year uh, from from my instructions yeah. so far. So uh, yeah, bear that in mind. We won't we won't just be sticking to the paths necessarily. <laughs> yeah, the um, the NPCs, the, the the team out on the ground is, are going to have a bit more um, bite to their bark, should we say? The, the bite yeah. and bark will be a bit more fifty fifty uh, this time um, round. I I completely agree with that. I, I, and we've yeah. got unlimited ammo as well. <laughs> Well, in the sense that we can go and resupply rather quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we hope to get, um, get a few more, a few more people booked onto it because it's a, it's a cracking event. It really is yeah. one that I might take Tim part in asked, myself. 
Tim says, love the sound of the twist dog tags. Good idea. Uh, BB finding a good shout and using people to make it harder. Uh, what do you, what if you want to do the NPC guys is the price the same. So the NPC team is invite only. Uh, it's only because the actual event is designed for the snipers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the NPC, we just need to make sure basically that we're providing a good enough event for, I'm not implying that people aren't good enough, but just we, we are not there as players, we are there to facilitate the event. We're basically the GS yeah, team. we're there to, to, in, to basically to yeah, it's basically a DS team. Absolutely, yeah. Got more bite and is having more fun. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it it's hard. I tell you what, it was hard bloody work because we had to wander around in fucking full plate carriers and all of that, and it was yeah. so hot. <laughs> it was proper hot. It was a hot day. Um, no uh, defiant events. Just said allow NPCs to. Uh, use one use thermal, thermal between them so we had this discussion thermals are not allowed if you're thinking of bringing a thermal as a sniper i know it would be cool but it's just so, it would be just so so unfair for that pair um and to just kind of balance things out because it's a slightly more competitive game i get that it's like in milsim it doesn't matter because in the real world yes one side has night vision the mm. other side it's, a, it's to try and keep it as a level playing field as possible yeah but we did really. We were we were talking about that. It would be cool because obviously the thermals work really well on gillies. Um, mm. but yeah. With the NPCs as well. Trust me, we didn't need them. We we could see some of these gillies moving around. <laughs> we had to. No, I'm not saying all of them, but well, there were no certain situations. There were certain Dash. situations where, because we we were told Dip, not dip, to dip, kind of dive and dodge, wasn't it? I think. <laughs> yeah, we were told not to actively start engaging unless we were kind of shot at, because it was a kind of general ROE. So we were. It was almost like proper video game characters, and that were sort of just wandering around, going, "Oh, I can't see anybody over there." <laughs> <laughs> walking up the hill, literally at one point, walking up the hill, and you could just see this like um, hill of ferns, or kind of the main valley lance, as you know. Yeah, 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 yeah like big valley, yeah. Field of ferns, and there was a guy, a proper, just squatted in the middle of these ferns. You could clearly tell he was there because he didn't look anything like the background <laughs> that he was in. <laughs> Chose a poor place to go to ground, but well, that's it. It, it will test you. It will te- the the site will test you. You know, there's not there there isn't any one ghillie suit setup that would facilitate the entire site. You know, it's, there's many <laughs> many different um, types of vegetation there. You got like like Mike just said, you have got ferns, you have got low line brackens, you've got rhododendron. You know, you've got swathes of chestnut and silver birch and very tall standing stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you've only got a, a ghillie set up for autumn or for the fall or, or, or a winter set up. Or snow. They're, 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 <laughs> apart from snow, there is, a, there is a place for you at this location. That, and you yeah. can work around the map with whatever colour scheme that you've got. You can, it, you can really, really put it to your advantage. Yeah. Ed, can you bring my high-vis ghillie when you're there? Because I want, I want to get that back. <laughs> I'm sorry. We should. I should have bought it to Naf. I will. That's right. That's fine. Um, Defiant says sounds somewhat similar to our Machiavellian recce events, where our, where our op four role players have to pretend that they haven't seen an op. Exactly that. Um, mm-hmm. But this this time around might be slightly different. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Little little LMG burst across the bow might, might scare people <laughs> off. Um, right. We are running out of time, so I'm just conscious. If anyone has a few last burning questions that you want to ask Ed, because obviously we have him on the show, get those in the chat quickly. Adventures of Zulu said, still not sure if my setup would be good enough. Rubbish, sir. Absolutely. From what I saw at the intro to Milson, mate, absolutely bring it along. 
and get yourself stuck in. So, there you go. Mm -hmm. Right, well, while we're waiting for any more questions to come in, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so on our email, which is nofochat at hotmail.com. Our Instagram is at November underscore Foxtrot underscore nofo, and the website is novemberfoxtrot.co.uk. Um, we have had a couple messages about patches. We do have some patches um, for sale. If so, if anyone is interested, they are £7 each. We have the brown and the orange. So please get in touch with us either via... The, the socials below or you can message me directly as well at 9 volt airsoft or the underscore punish underscore one underscore for lance um andy as well call sign underscore quartermaster we'll get those sorted out for you um so it's seven pounds a patch and i think it was a pound postage we just need to cover the postage as well basically so seven pound a patch plus postage um we have a couple more of the bandages still as well going. There's only one or two left. So if you want one of those, the first batch of the uh, sweat, sweat, what was it? Sweatshop bandages. Mother Fraser's sweatshop bandages. Mother Fraser's yeah. sweatshop bandages. Then feel free to uh, get in touch. We've <laughs> got a couple of those left. They are um, wicked. Yeah. So I think that's. Oh, I just wanted to say as well thank you to everyone who's on our Buy Me a Coffee. Um, obviously, we can't um, thank you enough for your support for the show. Um, if you're interested, you can also check it out on our website. There's a little button at the top that you can go onto there. There's a few bits of content on there which aren't on Facebook and Instagram. Um, some of it's public. Some of it is just for the Buy Me A Coffee people. Um, but anything that goes to the Buy Me A Coffee people normally gets released as well to the general public after like a couple of weeks. Um, so it's just a little bit of a perk there. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, other than that, thank you. Oh, and if you want to give us a little like, uh, there's a little counter on my screen about there um, that shows the likes. It just helps us beat some Facebook algorithms and stuff like that, apparently. Andy said it, dude. So um, yeah. if you want to give us a like on the video, give us a like. That'd be great. Absolutely. And reviews as well. Leave a review. And, and Michael reviews, will, uh, yes. And we'll, we'll see. Yeah. The sillier, the better. And Michael read them out in a funny accent. Yes. Yes, He's good at that. Oh, God, Question from James Hamilton. <laughs> Do you have to have there a ghillie? No, absolutely not. You don't have to have a ghillie. You have to have a bolt-action sniper rifle and a pistol sidearm of some description, um, but you do not have to have a ghillie suit, if that's what you're asking about, mate. Absolutely not. Just he's come got, on. That's my partner that I won the game with, and he's got a ghillie, but I think he's just asking in case... Yeah, it's just a general question, that's yeah. fine. Uh, Defiant, Lance, when are we going for our Crab Shack date? Oh, we need to sort that out, mate, Yes, I'm absolutely desperate now with the diet that I'm on. I need to just get some seafood absolutely yeah we'll get on that and then we're going to go to block tactical as well we're going to arrange an appointment to go and see them guys well down. funnily enough spoke to them at national airsoft festival and they may be coming Ooh. on the show hey so, uh, well I'll, maybe yeah. i'll get a table for me james and the guys from block tactical at the crab shack in worthing how about that the crab shack in worthing if you're ever nearby go and have seafood there because it's the best it's the best no, um, if anyone if anyone has any ideas as well as to someone that you want us to talk to, let us know and we'll sort of try and reach out to them and get them on the show as well. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying at the moment to get in touch with Vesti Foods. If anyone knows anyone that works with Vesti Foods, can you can you let me know? Vesti Foods make the British Army MREs, and I think it'll be a really interesting episode to have someone from them on British Army uh, ration packs. Sorry, ration packs, not MREs. The MREs is the American one. Yes, they are. So fuck them. <laughs> off with that thank you so yeah if anyone can let me know we're coming on now <laughs> gray fox does the bolty need to be spring powered ed no definitely not oh yeah 
just a it just has to be a bolt action to yeah. load the VB, basically. As in, so no it DMRs. Can be, it can be no, no DMRs. It can be uh, CO two powered or HPA. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's everything. So, Ed, thank you ever so much for coming on, mate. It's always a pleasure. Yes, um, absolute pleasure, sir. I'm sure, no doubt, we will have you on again in hopefully the near future. So, um, yeah, see you then. Have you got Ed? I tell you what, time. I'll give you the opportunity of the closing remarks. We have the closing remarks section now. So, do you want to come yeah. up with any words, words of, of wisdom? Words of like wisdom from Silly Gilly before the end of the show. <laughs> uh, put me on the spot. I don't know. Uh, subscribe to November Filkstra on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> Well, I, I don't I'll, have any words I'll put the backs payment in later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He can come back. <laughs> no, fair play, mate. No, thanks good. for coming, on Ben. It's always a, always a pleasure. Um, and if you're out and about and see Ed, go give him a say. Go give him a little handshake and say hello. That sounded really weird. Just go say hello to Ed. Don't touch him. Um, no, I Because he's I, always I, so. That's proper. You went proper Alan Partridge then, Mike. Uh, yeah, no, don't do that. Uh, I don't know. What no, don't do that. <laughs> what, what if um, I want to be touched? Well, if you want to be touched, that's entirely up to you, bud. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I leave that to you, but I'm not gonna start pimping you out on the podcast. <laughs> to people to come and touch Ed. Yeah. Why not? Oh dear, I'm just double checking what we're doing next week because I've forgotten off the top of my head. Uh, oh, we've got um, Patrick from Land Nav Challenge going to be coming on. We're going to be talking about navigation. Um, ah yes, he's a nice little segue from this this episode because obviously we've talked about getting lost at NAF and uh, mm -hmm. you know the Empire Rising. Uh, it's like a, a little bit of an orienteering exercise as well. So he will be on. We will be having a lovely discussion about navigation, which is a subject we've never covered before. Which for uh, 141 episodes in, that's quite good because <laughs> we are trying to recover old ground. I, I think places. we're doing quite well. Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we didn't mean your old ground, Ed. We, we didn't. Mike didn't mean that. You're not old ground. You're you're fresh. <laughs> no, I don't mean Ed's old current. Yeah. <laughs> um, so join us next week, eight o'clock, Facebook uh, and YouTube live, or you can listen back on any of our podcast devices. Apparently, you can just say Alexa, play November Foxtrot, and it plays the latest episode. Alexa, play yeah. November Foxtrot. No, no. You haven't no. got Alexa, haven't you? <laughs> You're, yeah, he's a card. He's frozen, what a no? card! <laughs> right, we'll That's see you really... next week. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> say goodbye, guys. Say... Bye, guys. That was weird. Though. I said it this week. I <laughs> know oh, it threw me. Ciao, Bella. See you later. Get well soon, Andy. Nipple.